Welcome to Writer and Geek Show episode number 5. I'm your host Vishnu and I hope you had an excellent week. Today we have a special episode and the topic is going to be moon landing. Now, we all know about the moon landings, right? Which happened somewhere in 1969. Couple of astronauts dropped into the moon surface and they came back. But what really led to the moon landings? Why did a nation like America commit itself to send people to moon? And what happened in the background that led to these events? Russia being a superpower, why didn't they go into the moon? So, let's discuss all this and make this episode interesting. I hope you like it. Since the dawn of humanity, humans have been explorers. Ever since we learned to be a society, we've been moving around the earth finding new places for survival and sometimes for political reasons as well. This explorer inside of every human never died. Throughout the ages, we found more places on earth, we conquered more lands. But a man always looked up at the sky the stars and the moon and the sun he was always captivated by all this the moon especially had a great influence on our culture in every ancient culture moon had its own place in astronomy or in religion but it was just a distant object a silver disk illuminating the night sky and giving us moonlight some day he hoped that he can fly up and touch it but he had to wait long for many centuries eventually we made it through the centuries through the middle ages right into the modern times when science and technology had made great progress then we came to the 20th century 20th century saw one of the biggest conflicts that had ever happened in the history the world war especially world war 2 billions of lives lost resources perished countries in destruction but it wasn't all destruction this was the time in history where science and technology had their major breakthrough and major progress one of them was the invention of powerful rockets rocket engines to deliver missiles and warheads into distant lands or between continents this is what brought back the interest in space after the war was over the interest in space continued the same rockets which were used for destructive purposes became the carriers for first human satellites and spacecrafts there were many minds which worked behind this a competition that arose between two superpowers after the end of the war the united states and soviet union also led into the events that enabled us to go to the moon it was all sparked by what one man promised his country a promise that his countrymen worked to fulfill
to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Yes, those were President Kennedy's words. So I saw the picture you posted on Instagram a few days ago, the one with the World Book Encyclopedia and Childcraft. So uh, when it came to our perspectives on those books, it used to be completely different, I guess. I used to be the guy who used to read about the history parts and you were the guy who was interested in space, right? Yeah, my interest in space actually started from those books. And specifically, the part where I was interested was, you know, moon landing. That was one of the biggest achievements in space, if you look back at the history of human space travel. Yeah, I I, I remember having a lot of debates about those things. And uh, um, like uh, most of the people, they only know about Apollo 11 space program and about Neil Armstrong. Even Edwin Aldrin didn't get uh, much recognition when it came to the moon landing, I guess. No one remembers the person who set foot on moon uh, the second time, right? So, uh, yeah, it was all about a race. It was all about a race. You always remember the first person who's done something. First person, first country. So, even the moon landing was a result of a competition between two nations. So, tracing back... In history, uh, Moon has always played a very important role in the culture and religion and every every other aspect of humanity. Even if you look at the history of India, Moon was considered to be a god, right? So it it played a very significant role in shaping of cultures and all that stuff. Uh, Moon was the most nearest object in space. Every night, it you know uh, it was a it was other thing. It was a thing other than sun, which provided light. Uh, you know, in the form of moonlight at night. Well, so, at least we thought that it used to provide light, but yeah, then we, we came to know <laughs> that it was just yeah, a reflection. It, it, we never knew that it's just a reflection of sunlight. We Initially, we thought it's it's producing its own light. And even in art, history, uh, moon, Religion. Has, moon has its own places, yeah. right? So uh, somewhere when we came into uh, the new millennium, uh, scientists were more interested in moon. People like Galileo used telescope to look into the moon and create drawings. Uh, that was a time when it was revealed that moon is not as smooth as it seems. It had a lot of craters. So Galileo was the person who first drew the pictures of uh, moon surface. Oh, so uh, people used to think that the surface used to be smooth without any terrain and all that. Exactly, because if you look with your naked eye without any telescope, it looks pretty much round, you know, very perfectly spherical in space, uh, in shape. Uh, and it looks smooth. It looks like a silver disc, right? So uh, unless, so until those uh, pictures were made, nobody knew how it, how the surface was. That is when we realized that, yes... It is a, a heavenly body which is similar to Earth with uh, land features and all that stuff. Think about how far we have come. Now we even know that moon does have water. So probably uh, it's a place uh, which is habitable for human, maybe in the future. But uh, I think uh, 
we have got to a point we are looking for a place like mars to colonize even in a mars mission which might happen later uh, maybe in our lifetime if we are lucky enough Hopefully. moon moon is going to play probably a significant role because that might be one of the intermediate uh, what do you say a refill station kind of a thing where you already have a small station set up in moon the spacecraft which is going to mars can have a stop over there like a pit stop refuel with supplies and go beyond uh, this so coming back to art and literature moon has also played a significant role there one of my favorite science fiction writers jules verne he has written a book somewhere in 19th century called from earth to moon i have not read the book but i came to know about spe- some specific details about the book which was astonishing it actually seemed to be predicting the actual moon launch event you might also be surprised to know that he's a french writer can you guess which was the country he chose uh, in his books to be the first country to launch human beings into moon france yeah if if i am a french writer i'll choose france if you are writing a story tomorrow you will choose india india right because you are an indian but he some for some reason he chose united states and he also gave specific details to the launch site as well he he in his books he he says that the launch happens from florida wow actual launches happen from florida right and the third thing is he said three astronauts will be traveling in the spacecraft which is also true fourth thing he said four days to the trip which is approximately true uh, you know journey takes almost four days and he even mentioned that the while returning to earth they the spacecraft will splash down in water instead of landing wow. on earth so it seems like a perfect uh, prediction of what happened the only major difference was which is a big difference wherein we used rockets to fire humans to the moon in his story they used cannon <laughs> cannon doesn't seem like a very good choice because the initial momentum is going to kill the astronauts then and there anyway so that is what uh, that is something about uh, moon's influence in literature so he has got like most of the things spot on yeah it, it is not just this book even his other books also he uh, you know 20000 leagues under the uh, sea yeah, submarine it predicts submarine huh. uh, so he he's a you know um, he's modern a, he's day a, nostradamus correct he's, he's <laughs> kinds of he kind, kind of predicts everything so that is all about the history then we came to 20th century now in 20th century what was a major event which happened i think i think it all, it all started from colonization then to world war and uh, the race for world domination yeah i think it, it's that's what led to the space race right yes world war was one of the major events which really accelerated science and technology right so the growth that has happened in the field of science during those years of war has never happened before that it was the whole th- it, it was like the whole thing was put on steroids i think exactly because <laughs> the country which is ahead in technology had the upper hand in the war that is what happened even in the development which so the moon landing uh, actually starts almost during the time of the war where each of the countries were trying to develop weapons which are more destructive and one of the biggest advancements happened in the field of rocket science so germany 
introduced the V2, very destructive V2 rockets to bomb London. And the man behind it all, the missile man of Germany was Werner von Braun. He's the one who architected the entire uh, rocket industry in Germany. Wait, so you're saying he was a German? Yes. But I've heard that he made uh, all those ammunition and rockets for US, right? There is a story behind that. So when the war was inclining more towards the allies... When Germany was about, when when it was more in the favor of allies, when Germany was about to lose during the year nineteen forty four forty five, the von Braun knew that if Germany loses for some reason, they wouldn't want him to be captured by either Americans or uh, Russians, because that would mean that the entire science behind their rocket system will be going to enemy's hands. So he very well knew that. If such a situation arises, they would rather assassinate him. So it he had to make a choice before that to either join for, join uh, forces with U, US or the USSR. Now, Russians are known to not treat their enemies well. So he sided with Americans. He cut a deal with them. And Americans were happy be- uh, to pardon him and give him citizenship because they are getting a lot of... Uh, he, they are basically getting his gr- brain, right? His te- his knowledge. So if he's the architect behind all this successful missile technology of Germany, I would want him by my side. So you can say that is one of the blunders uh, from Hitler's side, like the so many other things he did. Yeah, you look at it. Even the very best minds who are supposed to be Germans have move, moved over to, you know, United States, uh, Albert Einstein, being one of the example, yeah. And uh, I've noticed that there's a trend uh, when it comes to World War. Like Hitler, he had a major upper hand when it came to uh, the missile technologies and uh, aircraft. Everything he had an upper hand with Luftwaffe and all that. But the thing was, uh, they halted the pro- progress so during the 1940s, I think. Since 40 to 44, there was no progress. Even though they had the technology, uh, he had stopped the production of uh, uh, new weaponries, saying that the old one will be enough to win the war. So, which led to a stagnation and uh, helped the other countries, I mean allies, overcome uh, the their, the German technology technology and beat them yeah that is the reason even the supersonic uh, fighter planes using jet engines like Messerschmitt they came very late in the game yeah. by then it was actually very difficult for them to even sustain it, the production it actually couldn't make any difference because they uh, they started production very late and there were very less less of these uh, aircrafts being made and by that time they had lost many of the skilled fighters and the, and the the even the existing fighter planes were being destroyed at a faster rate than they could replace them exactly right yeah so th- that is about the world war but post war there were two major countries which rose into you know uh, rose rose and came into picture as superpowers it was the united states and the ussr though these countries were allies post the war they kind of had a small enmity between them which gave way to the cold war uh, the thing is i wouldn't say they were uh, they were allies, allies even uh, during the world wars because uh, they became allies just to win the war it was there, there was always a 
problem like always issues between both the countries because uh, they both were not able to accept each other as they are because one is a communist country the other one is capitalistic yeah, and, and they US, couldn't they us co- never like communism yeah. in the first place yeah ussr didn't like capitalistic countries they couldn't accept each other so uh, it ended up uh, starting a race between both of them wanting to be a uh, major superpowers and yeah i'll let you take over from here yeah so post the war since there was no more war uh, there is nothing to be uh, you know military was almost at the peak at that time for both of the, both the countries so beyond that the next goal was to go to space which is an obvious thing right If the one who see during the war the one who dominates air power air and water was the winner the next thing was space the one who dominates space will be the will be in control of communications and everything around the world so both their eyes turned to space now this started almost during the time when the war was coming to an end more focus was put in building building bigger rockets and all that so now there was a big race between these two countries to see who puts who goes to space first right it was more about putting something into space exactly. in the beginning not, not even like a living being so even in the beginning of 50s uh, american scientists and russian scientists were independently working on uh, their own technologies to put something into space and the point that you said is right they just wanted to put something into space the first satellite which was launched putnik by russians in 1957 was just a metal ball and it just sent a simple signal to earth it didn't do much in terms of uh, functionality it was not a communication satellite it was not a military satellite it was just nothing it was just the first artificial satellite and it died after some time i guess but the thing is uh, it gave them the authority to say that yes we did something we put something on the onto the spa- into the space and uh, which made the americans very insecure because they lost the cha- opportunity to put something onto space like for the first time right yeah both of them knew that the other country other the other country is also in the race but they were so blindsided they didn't know where the progress is so americans were completely taken aback when they got to know that you know russia is launched a satellite into space and in fact that accelerated their space program to a much greater extent within 9 months of sputnik nasa was created nasa was created to drive the space program for united states but uh, one thing uh, i'd like to say is that uh right before even right before uh, man was put into the moon by the us i think us had the upper, uh, ussr had the upper hand till then they did almost everything first before the us did they put one uh, living being like a the dog into space uh, yuri gagarin uh, was sent to the space for the first time a uh, human being going to the space so uh, it was like uh, till uh, till the moon landing happened ussr had the upper hand don't, uh, don't you think so Yes, USSR always was one step ahead of United States. As you said, the first living being to go into space was a dog named like I really feel bad for it because they had no plans to bring it back. It's still an artificial satellite around. Well, there. that's the point. That's why they sent a dog. If they had sent a human being, they would had had uh, they they had to have an idea of how to bring them back. So, they needed to put a living being into the space because of that they put one uh, But anyway, dog. she didn't she didn't die a horrible death because within few hours they injected some kind of poison into I, her and she died peacefully. 
I thought they would have gone with the monkey rather than monkey was also sent. Maybe it was not the first mission. It was after oh. few missions, I guess. Uh, yeah, monkey would have been a more better representation of human being. Yeah. But so uh, one thing I have to ask really, what do you think went wrong? Because uh, USSR was so ahead of this race, but then what happened? What was the cause which made them uh, take a step back? and just watched hold the whole spectacle yeah so there is a whole lot of events which culminated in us being the first country first and probably the only country to send uh, human beings to moon so i'll back up a little bit and start from the beginning of that particular decade so once yuri gagarin was put into space that was a second blow to nasa because first one was putnik then us tried to launch a vanguard sp- uh, you know satellite which was a failure after that they launched explorer which was the first american satellite which was a success but they had a series of failures after that their next in- intention was to put the man into space before ussr does that also failed but within few weeks uh, april 12th was 12th 1961 was when yuri gagarin went to space on may 5th 1961 is when american sent the first american into uh, a suborbital space flight alan shepard in every aspect of space us was one step behind and they couldn't take it even when all these events were unfolding there was a plan to put human beings into space so america already had this plan in 50s itself but they were not committing to it because they wanted to ensure that you know they are they have the capability to put a man into space once this happened kennedy gave his famous speech oh yeah the famous one <laughs> where he said he committed to putting a man to moon within the decade yeah but previously he had uh, already sent a draft of his speech right saying that uh, we'll put man on moon by the year uh, 1967 yeah before he right? actually gave the speech he sent a draft of the speech to nasa just to just for them to verify few weeks before the speech where he had mentioned the launch date as 19 in the year 1967 but you know nasa was little skeptical about that date very good thing that he sent them <laughs> draft because it was see there are a lot of things that have to fall in place and all the missions before the apollo missions which actually took men to moon the mercury program and the gemini program each of these had specific objectives which would be a part of the final moon mission and all these previous uh, programs were designed in a way to check and validate many things which will happen in space so for example the first mercury fr- flights which was usually a s- short flight it was just one astronaut in a small capsule mercury spacecrafts are pretty much small you just have space for one person to sit in one sit place in and one they can't place. even That's move it. around properly yeah, right? nothing and the s- flights were also short so if you look at alan shepard's flight it was just 15 minutes so the intention of mercury program was to see the effect of human beings going into space so uh, one thing like a uh, mercury space spacecraft was the first uh, american spacecraft to send a person to space right yes okay Just so first manned mission into space was mercury so mercury capsule was put on top of a redstone rocket redstone rocket was initially used as a missile okay. to you know deliver warheads to it was used as a missile So instead of the warhead they had just put the mercury capsule and with some additional modifications to ensure that a human can go up and come down. So and these spacecrafts had minimal uh, you know controllability like 
mostly it was automated stuff the pilot had to ju- do just few things align the attitude and you know fire the retro rockets and stuff like that the intention of mercury program was to test the effect of space on human beings how human body will react to the uh, you know uh, zero g environment and how much can a human body takes see humans go through a lot of g forces during takeoff and landing on so it was basically to test and make a human being familiarized with the conditions in space so that was the major intention of mercury program so within few days again john glenn was launched into space who was the first person to go into orbit alan shepard never went into orbit right so and few other programs also followed which was again followed by the gemini program gemini program was actually the bridge towards moon that was the program which had major big objectives to be fulfilled and tested and experimented which would result in the creation of apollo program so few of the mission objectives and gemini was a bigger spacecraft it had room for two astronauts so they wanted to see you know more, uh, how, how what are the effects when you send more than one person into space Gemini was uh one of the more complicated programs uh, when compared to Mercury. So the major objectives were like spend, spending extended time in space. So th- some of the astronauts have spent 2 weeks 2 weeks just uh, sitting around and not doing much. <laughs> and you have to really appreciate them because Gemini spacecraft if you look at the interior right it has just enough space as much as our car front part of our car. Wow. You have two seats, you have all the control panel and you just tightly fitted there. And two weeks sitting like that next to your, you know, co-pilot and just sitting there and doing few stuff, it's really a big effort. And that was one thing extended uh, space duration of space travel, they were they were testing the effects on, on humans. They also tested extravehicular activities like evs going out space walking and all that stuff even that uh, i think the cosmonauts uh, did first right yeah, ussr russians uh, were the US. first to do space walk so okay. they're also they were beaten up yeah so uh, for the gemini program even for that they used the redstone rockets right no gemini programs didn't use the redstone rockets they uses the titan rockets which was also a missile initially which were more powerful because gemini was a little bigger than uh, mercury spacecraft so for the three programs they used three different rockets with apollo having the saturn 5 yeah i think saturn 5 is one of the most powerful thing i've ever seen because i remember looking at the pictures and going like yeah this looks huge but uh, i was not able to comprehend how big it was then i came to know that it's around 110 meters long and i was like whoa yeah. how can you send something like that to the space yeah we'll go into the specific details of that little later but to give you a perspective of how big up uh, saturn 5 was saturn 5 had five engines in its first stage i think they were called f1 engines each of these engine burned 3 tons of fuel a second so the total first stage which burned for few minutes i think 7 7 and a half or wow. odd minutes burned around 15 tons of fuel a second so you calculate what was the amount of fuel that was required for the first stage 7 into 60 and yeah. then multiplied by 3 oh it's a huge God. calculation right <laughs> so that gives you a little perspective we'll go into the details a little later so gemini program now the astronauts who were picked to go to the moon 
most of them were trained in gemini program and there were two reasons uh they were getting familiarized with all the with all this uh, you know evas and spending time in space and eating in space and you know doing all the other stuff also it also created a bond between them which was very essential when you go for extended space flights it should not be that you go into space you have a quarrel and you make you know some stupid decision where you end up not returning to the uh, <laughs> earth right one thing that i always keep thinking is that in such small space spacecraft in those conditions how do you poop dude with that guy sitting right next to you it was really hard right i don't want to go into that detail like seriously no even the waste collection system was also a little crude at that time i mean it was little they, they had a what is that sucking device for that right that I came think. in later spacecraft they didn't have that initial spacecraft they just had a bag with a opening with had little adhesive and you had to put it around your uh, are you serious place and you just had to do it and so just so and the problem in space is in earth gravity actually assists the process the process right in space it doesn't it, it just might floats just around. floats around oh, so God. just to make sure that your clothes are not getting soiled astronauts had to literally strip down completely and just do it the whole process took a, used to take around an hour in in apollo flights oh apollo was one God. of the spacecraft which had more space than others so it was little relief for them yeah so anyway so all this uh, so coming back to gemini so gemini had specific objectives which it fulfilled which paved the way for the first apollo flights uh, so the, almost the timeline reached around 1967 by this time which is when finally the project apollo came into shape and it was decided that apollo launch will happen sometime in 67 yeah i remember uh, i watching this documentary about the saturn 5 program like uh, even the 1967 launch plan uh, made it very hard for them to uh, work on the technology and develop that spacecraft it was like super crunch time for them and they had to work overtime every night and uh, that's how they made that uh, aircraft it seems rocket and that actually re- reflected in the results that resulted in the disaster of apollo 1 which was very crude there was an issue with communication and that ended up taking the life of three astronauts With that we conclude today's episode and we'll take the story further in the upcoming episodes. As usual, if you like what we do here, please give us a good rating on iTunes and Stitcher and also please do comment on our website. We will see you in the next episode.